is Dan Lee. I am 17 years old and a student at Silverson Churchill Secondary. Before we get to the podcast, this podcast is managed by only two people. My partner Henry Bond is my audio editor and music composer for this podcast. I will be talking about depression and be talking about in-depth debates with a guest speaker and some recordings of people who I interviewed. We thank you for your time to relax and enjoy our podcast. Welcome to Strolling in the Dark. I'm your host here, Darian Lee, and my partner, Hanwen Huang. Uh, thank you, again, and yes, my name is Hanwen. We will be talking about an important topic today, which is depression. Today, we have a guest speaker here, and would you like to introduce yourself? Um, hi, my name is... I am diagnosed with ADHD, and yes. So before we start our discussion together, you're in grade 12, correct? Yes. Like, how do you do so far in your courses? Um... First term was great. Second <laughs> term was terrible. Um, most of it is just kind of like as you speak, someone with ADHD would struggle with planning, mm. actually doing things. Mm, I see. Also, communication with teachers because I cannot. I have anxiety when talking to teachers. Oh, I understand. But, anyways, like, do you like, struggle a lot in school, or are you doing it significantly fine in this case? I actually, I struggle a lot. A lot of it is like just pushing it. Like I seem to be doing well, but then like you see my grades not so much. Mm, I see. <laughs> but in any case, we'll be talking about a really heavy topic, and we talk. We're going to be talking about uh, depression. Like, like, can you give us like a general idea of what your point of view of depression is? Well, depression is. Is this? I don't want to say like, oh, you feel sad all the time, but like. <laughs> it's fine. It's like everyone has his own it, personal opinion. It's, I feel like I. Personally, I do not. I have not done the research. Like, I don't know a lot about it, so I don't really want to say much about it. But I do know people who've gone through depression, and I know that is very much real. And it's just, it's, and I know it's not like, oh, just be happier and you'll be fine. It's they have no control over how they're feeling. Hmm. I see. Um, how about you? What's your thoughts about this? Well, depression comes in many forms, that's for sure, and there is a huge variety of, like, how, like, people are depressed, like, and there are many causes as well, so it's, it's pretty broad, and, like, it's not only, yeah, it's like, you feel sad or anything, of course, there's other things, like, if you're depressed, you might, you know, you might just, like, for example, like, you want to eat more food because you're depressed, like, that's one cause, and, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, like I said, it's not about only feeling sad, like, there are a lot of other things. For me, it's, like, when I feel sad, like, I don't know, I could be, like, just go to bed and, like, just be there for, like, hours if I wanted to, and then think about, like, how my things that I do are just, like, useless, and everybody just ignores me and that kind of stuff. Mm. Like, there's a lot of things going in your head when you're depressed, so, and most of them are not for sure. Well, did you have depression? I mean... I mean, all of us have depression in general, like, if you think about it. Like... Don't say it. Don't... I, yeah. I'm so... Yeah. <laughs> there are times that, like, I just feel like nothing's working, nothing is, like, going right oh, in my life. that is me. All the time. <laughs> well, I mean, like, and also because anytime that I talk with people and then they just ignore my comment or anything like that, I feel like I'm left out. Mm. Like excluded oh, or a yeah. lot of thing, or when I was younger, I was like pretty antisocial. I didn't know how to like deal with some situation, and making friends was hard for me. So I just didn't know what to do, and felt like my life was like there's no point of it. Yeah, mine. Yeah, mine was like I was a very socially awkward kid, so like I didn't get along with like I'm not like super close with anyone. 
really from like elementary or like school in general and then like yeah like the feeling of like nothing we're doing is working like my diagnosis is pretty recent like two three two years ago and then like so i've literally these past few days of me trying to work through it and i'm doing all these things i'm like trying harder but i'm not getting the results i want so it's like, oh you know you're trying it as much and I, you have i actually had like those moments where i'm like what is the point of me doing all this and it's like it's not really like i had sort of suicidal thoughts but like not really it's more like it's not like i wanted to die it was more like i wanted to disappear and like not exist yeah it's like to the point that it's like well nobody's gonna remember you anyway right like it's you're obviously gonna have that thought at one point. Not that I'm diagnosed with depression, but <laughs> <laughs> like, like for my story, I was like you guys, as well as antisocial in elementary, and also I was really depressed during my grade six year, cause for some reason, for my grade six self, I was acting one of those. Like, you guys remember one of those like typical uh, movies where we see uh, just a random guy with like um, wearing a leather jacket that's trying to be a bad boy? Yeah, I was trying to be like that in elementary. Oh, that's just awkward. It is awkward. That's hilarious. It is hilarious. Just, just like, <laughs> I just look back through my history. It's like, man, what the hell am I doing for my grade 6 self? And during that time, I was acting a bad boy. Also being a bit edgy for some reason. I don't know why. It's, it's not my grade 6 mindset. Emo and edgy? <laughs> I was like sort of being a bully, actually. Because like, because I didn't know what to do, right? So like, to the point that I just resorted to my... Like, instead of thinking, I just went with my feeling. See, and, and, this like, is, and this is just going to another whole topic of insecurities and becoming a bull and being a bully it's but like it's a whole, that's part of like it is depression. kind of part of it but yeah. it's also like this is going to like another topic well but it's the point is that we're all connecting it together it's just to relate to your story i was depressed as well as you mentioned before and really suicidal where i wanted to end my life i noticed that we were being peer pressured by our parents family or even friends who wish us to do better in life sometimes we can't always take as much like, we can all agree with that. Yeah, yeah, and then, like, especially if you have, like, older siblings, like, for me, you would all, I would always compare it to my sister. My sister was, like, basically, like, the perfect Asian child, quote-unquote. Because <laughs> um, she, like, you know, she, like, she she was an IB, French immersion IB, graduated with, a like, a 4.0 GPA. She's at UBC. And then there's me, who didn't even get into IB, didn't even, like, survive through certificate classes. I dropped that of those glasses because I <laughs> mentally could not handle oh. it. Wait, certificate class? Yeah, so like I take only like a couple IB classes. Oh. I took two IB classes. I dropped out a last term. Oh. Like, how you feeling so far? Just Honestly, like, I was so stressed with those classes because you have to have like your IA and then you have to plan, you have to start studying for like May exams and then like I just couldn't handle the IA thing and then what happened to me like term kind of like term two was basically I kept thinking I have to do this IA well um but then I was like but I can I should be I should do this homework first because it'll be faster but then like as I'm doing that homework I keep thinking I have to write this IA and I can't do anything and it just goes to the point where I'm so overwhelmed and I'm just like, I can't do anything. And once I dropped out, it was literally like a weight had lifted off my shoulders and I was like, I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> we're all procrastinators. Yes, we're all students. But speaking of students... <laughs> Connecting students with procrastination right away. Well, speaking of students, like I have a recording of myself interviewing a student who is dealing with some type of issues when it comes to high school or any type of school work. So just give me a second here. So Michael, you like you're a high school student, correct? Mm-hmm. You you're you're about to graduate high school, right? That's correct. So in this case, have you encountered any struggles during your years in high school? 
Struggles of what of what kind? Well, let's say that have you felt anything negative when you're doing like doing your work or doing any type of assignment in this case? Oh, sure, yeah, uh, lots of times. I mean, like you get these little waves of schoolwork, right? And when they sort of accumulate and you sort of procrastinate on it a bit, it, it sort of piles <laughs> up, and then you know you got that one day where you're you're sort of doing a bunch of stuff at the same time. I see. Um, also, really I'm just curious though. Have you? Do you know anyone that you feel is dealing with like some type of problems or ha felt really negative? Let's say like they're depressed in this case. Uh, I think I I know a few people. Yes. And since you know a few people, like, do you tend to help them like immediately, or do you feel that you should probably give them some time to cope on their problems? Well, they definitely need to think it through for themselves, but. Uh, what you can do is you can sort of ask them questions to maybe guide them in the right direction. Uh, you don't, like, you, you shouldn't try to solve the problem for them, right? They have to figure it out for themselves or else it's not going to work for them. But, uh, yeah, you can have a little dialogue with them and hopefully it'll sort things out for them. Also, I'm just curious though, like, since you're a student, of course, and as I know for sure, I interviewed a few other students as earlier. Most of them told me that when they're doing some type of school work or assignments, they felt a bit negative when it comes to working these type of subjects. So for you, as a personal question to you, have you ever felt depressed when it comes when you're working on your assignments? Uh, depressed? Um, well, yeah, I feel some negative emotions, yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, sure. I see. Um, I mean, we're looking outside right now. I, I, I could be, I could be, you know, biking down the street here, but instead I'm sitting over here and doing this assignment. Uh, so I apologize know. about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But if let's say if let's say a friend of yours is a true friend, like a dear friend to you, mm -hmm. and he was feeling depressed, how would you help him in this case? A true friend. Ooh. Like a best friend. Uh, I don't know if I have any true friends. <laughs> okay. Uh, how would you help him? Yeah. Well. Hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't want to, again, you want to ask them questions and you want to say, you, you want them to figure it out, right? You, you don't, you don't want to put words in their mouth. You just want them to tell you and that'll help it because they're, they're trying to, they're going to try and formulate their problem, right? So basically the best thing you can do is probably just listen. That's, that's pretty much it. I mean, and in this case, since you're listening to the person or your friend, uh, do you feel there's any alternative ways of helping your friend? From like w what from I could do, yeah, what uh, we can do. I think that's the best solution. There's there's nothing else you can really, like you 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 just listen to them. They tell you your story. You you know give them whatever feedback they they might need, and uh, that'll help them straighten themselves out. Hopefully, I see. In any case, we notice that here in the modern world and also high school as well, mm -hmm. most students tend to become depressed when it comes to over overworking or just mm -hmm. staying up late at night procrastinating. In this case, and just another, it's another question, so are you a procrastinator yourself? Yes. <laughs> I mean, everyone is to some degree, I suppose. Mm. Yeah. Just a few more questions. I don't want any more. Uh, Sorry going, about that. Keep going. There's no problem. This is very interesting. As I mentioned before about helping a friend, do you feel that if your friend like really depressed, like feels like so depressed that he wants to commit suicide, okay. mm -hmm. would you recommend him to go to a health clinic or a psychiatrist to help him deal with these type of problems? Yes. Yes. Because, well, like if they if they have a plan for for their suicide or whatever, right? If they know when and how they're going to do it, right? That's 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 pretty worrying, right? So, mm -hmm. it's unlikely that you're going to be able to help them figure it out. So yeah, you should definitely uh, 
think about a psychiatrist or someone who can help them. Mm, I see. Just two more questions. Like, how do you feel about depression like, in general, in your perspective? How do I feel about depression? Uh, like, everyone has their own different ways of expressing depression in some certain ways, but we all know, we all understand the general concept of it. But I, I wish to know about your personal opinion of it. Like, what depression means to, to me? Yeah. That, that would be, okay. Well, we all know we're going to die. <laughs> That's a good start, right? So, and it's like we're one speck in seven billion, right? So you can think about it that way, right? I'm just a little dust on this earth, and in a million years, like who's going to care about what I did anyway, right? <laughs> so you know, you, you you start thinking about that, right? And then you get into all of this existential uh, nonsense, and uh, well, it's not nonsense; it's 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 true, right? And then, well, you're you're not motivated to do anything, so it's nihilism basically, and. Uh, well, I feel like that's the, the cause of most depression nowadays. Is like people want to make an impact, but they can't, mm. right? They, they, like not with that mindset for sure. And they got to they gotta look to themselves first and they got to f- figure out what's wrong with their life and then, you know, expand that outwards. I see. Last question is like, hmm. how, like for people who listen to this podcast right now, like, how would you, like, would you give them any advice or any tips to these type of situations like a depression mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like what would you recommend like an antidote to nihilism is, is what we're <laughs> looking for right that's that's interesting okay well okay so well I, I suppose you've got to occupy yourself with something right so you have to you have to find meaning in your life and that's different for everyone right so well you you can maybe you can start by fixing up your life a little bit Right? You, can, you can figure out uh, if there's some little thing that you can improve and maybe focus on that and then that'll keep you occupied, right? It'll keep you from thinking about the, the one in seven billion issue. Uh, so. <laughs> so do you feel that if we were to, if us human beings or other people have something or objective to do, they'll mm-hmm. feel more motivated to work onto that goal in this case? Yeah, but an individual objective, right? It's, it's not so much like a, a, a community that's like, like saving the world for example yeah they're, they're gonna walk out and they're gonna wave their signs like i'm against poverty it's like who isn't against poverty it's like no no that's that's not the kind of meaning i'm talking about it's more like uh f- fixing something locally that that will definitely give you some meaning it's not participating in some large global movement or whatever and then you, you fix up your life a little bit maybe you can you know expand that out and you can sort of start doing stuff in the community as well but what's going to provide meaning is definitely yourself first of all that's okay yeah <laughs> before we end our podcast here um do you have any last words speaking about this podcast like how do you feel overall oh, in this boy. case uh, I, d- I don't really have anything else to add i mean we can like why why do we turn to this uh, sort of existential crisis stuff right why, why nihilism <laughs> that's that's a good question because before like what, what was the antidote before right we had religion Mm-hmm. That was an important one. We had religion and culture, which it, it sort of gave us a, a little light in this yeah, case. Yeah, a little yeah. light. That's right. So it's like every individual has some kind of intrinsic value, right? And then mm-hmm. so that, that's sort of what our civilization is based on. But now we're, we're sort of losing that in, <laughs> in our society, right? So we have to find some kind of substitute. And, well, it's unclear how we're going to get that, right? So. F- the adoption of individual responsibility over little things that are in your control seems to be 
the solution here. Okay, thank you very much, Michael. I appreciate your time. It's been a pleasure. So after hearing our recording, how do you guys feel so far? We're all procrastinators. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe in Michael procrastinators. <laughs> but anyways, like, do you, do you kind of feel that his point of view seems... Well, I can't say much about it, but... Okay, now it's it. It's very philosophical. It did. It's really philosophical. But I this great of him on one point where he was like, um, he said, you can't, we can't really, like, we probably can't aren't be, be able to help them through it or whatever, which I kind of disagree with. Like, when you're in that moment, you want to find someone that you can talk to and usually, like, the fr- finding a friend would be like the first thing. Usually, just talking to someone makes it so much better. Like I know when I was going through the things, I went to the, it got it kind of like got worse for me. I can say because what happened to me was I was going through my phone, I was looking at my contacts, and I was like, who can I talk to? But then like I was looking through all these contacts, and I'm like, I don't, I can't really talk to any of these people because like what if they think I'm being annoying? Like maybe I'm just bothering them, or we're not even that close. They probably want to deal with my problem. But then like. Sometimes, like, when I do meet up with some of my friends who I do talk about these things, I feel like just talking to them makes it so much better because if it, gets, it makes it more real. You kind of realize, okay, this is what I'm going through, and you, ha- you actually realize you have a friend that can, like, that, that will talk to you, and you can, like... And then there, and then you realize you do have people who are there that are going to support you and help you, and you're not, like, alone. So, like, when you said, like, oh, you can't really help someone go through it, I completely, I, like, disagree with that. Like, actually going and talking to someone, like, trying to help, like, just even just listening to them helps so much. Like, I do feel as well, because when I was, like, when I was, like, really negative or a negative person, like, I actually wanted to talk to someone, but I know, like, I had the same mindset as you did, where I felt that, like, if I was going to annoy them or even just disturb them in some cases about my emotions, that's why I just decided to let all my emotions in self, uh, in my, yeah, inside. Like, do you guys know the concept of adding drops of poison into the well and it keeps getting bigger and bigger? Like, this idea represents our emotions and it's dangerous to keep it in, like, uh, uh, like, what are your thoughts about this idea or concept? I mean, there is a phase in depression where, like, you don't want to talk to people. Like, there, yeah, it's, um, from how I see it, and this is just my view on, like, like, the process of depression, it's like, at first, like, you're feeling down that you want to talk to somebody, but if nobody, or, like, you have that mindset, of course, like, they're not going to talk, like, I think get annoyed or whatever, then, like, you'll go into a phase where, like, you don't talk to anybody, you just feel, like, basically dead on the inside. Like, everything you do is, like, meaningless and that kind of stuff. And then, like, people, they'll try to help you, but that's the phase that you don't want, like, you don't want that to happen yet. Because, like, in that phase, like, you don't know what can happen. It's, like, you need to let that happen. Like, just be depressed, like, for a while. Obviously, that sounds really bad, <laughs> but you can't do anything about it. Like, I had a few cases, like, I want to help this person. But they're, like, screw off or whatever. So you need to let them go through that phase. So after that phase, like, because, like, at the start, nobody's going to be like, oh, yeah, like, I understand that kind of stuff. And, like, I mean, some people will do that. But, like, after that, you'll go into the phase, like, it doesn't matter and that stuff but after that and people will notice then like you like your help and that kind of stuff that's how i see it mm-hmm. i see obviously you gotta make it obvious because you <laughs> want help at that point so yeah yeah but in any case like like since we know what 
okay let me just rephrase that like we're all students here and we always need help like we have our counselor here like you guys yeah. you guys know like, mr johnson right yeah uh sure uh mark johnson but okay so like, i have a, I have a recording of my interview with him earlier and just give me a second here so mr mark do you like to care about explaining about your occupation so i'm a high school counselor uh, at Sir Winston Churchill Secondary. So my job entails lots of different things, but one of the things that I deal with a lot uh, in the last couple of years has been mental health issues amongst my student population. I see. Um, would you, do you mind, <coughs> do you mind if I ask you, like, what motivated or inspired you to become a student counselor? Um, I would say that originally I was inspired to become a teacher, and all high school counselors are teachers originally. Um, but as I got into the teaching profession, I found what I enjoyed more than teaching curriculum was was working with the students directly. So um, the job that made the most sense for that within the pro within the school system was being a high school counselor. Mm, I see. Um, in this cases, I'm curious though. Like, has many students come by here at your office often, or is just really rare? No, I'll get a lot of visitors for lots of different reasons. Um, and I, and I do get a lot of, uh, I talk to students about a lot of different things. Um, and, you know, anything from identity issues to uh, parental issues, family dynamics, friends dynamics. But I also do get a lot of students talking about uh, mood, mental health, anxiety, mm. things along those lines. I see. Um, also, like, what do you think, like, what, what do you think is the major factor for most of these students coming by to your office, just asking for help? Uh, they want to skip class. <laughs> just want to skip class. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, I think that they're 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 looking for a sounding board to figure things out. Um, but I think if you know, we do a lot of outreach to make sure that students, we meaning the counseling department, and the schools in general, does a lot of kind of promotion of if you are worried about your mood and how you're feeling, and if you're feeling that you're not you don't feel right that the thing you need to do is to go talk about it with somebody and that's my job. I'm the person that they would, go, they don't, it's not always me, I know that lots of students go and speak to teachers directly um, and that's and that's fantastic. You know, you want that's the idea of a school should be a supportive, a supportive place for students to be in all aspects. Um, but, you know, a lot of students do come in to see me because they're concerned about how they're thinking and what they're feeling. Uh, any of these cases, has most of your uh, student, most of the students or people come out to your office usually deal with uh, depression when it comes to academics? Um, not so much depression and academics. Um, usually that's anxiety. I usually see more students who have ex you know extreme anxiety regarding their depression. Um, or sorry, regarding their academics. Okay. When it comes to uh, depression, those are students who I might find because they're struggling in school, they're struggling to attend, or uh, they might come in because because they they know that they're not um, there's been a change in their mental health. They were able to be engaged with their friends, their extracurricular activities, their academics, uh, and now they just don't feel that they're interested and motivated to be involved in those things. Okay, uh, another question is that how do you actually deal with these type of issues when students who seek for help from you? So the high school is and the high school in general in my office specifically is not a clinical setting right so uh, I I try to 
keep that boundary clear and that um, although I have some training, I'm not a clinician. I'm not a, I'm not a mental health professional. Um, and so essentially what we do in the, the counseling suite is we do triage. So kids will come and see us. Um, we do the initial sort of conversations about what's going on. If it seems like it's something that is sort of beyond what is, we're able to do in the counseling suite, then we'll, um, we uh, figure out what's the best option for that student in terms of getting outside professional clinical support. So that can be through the community mental health teams that are here that are free. Um, but some parents have benefit programs that allow their, uh, that pay for private psychologists and private counselors and so um, that sometimes that's the better option. Okay, so just another, another personal question is that um, when students tend to tell you about their problems, uh, is, do you think there are times that you have to break the boundary or go past the line? Well, I'm never going to tell a student not to tell me something, right? Um, so disclosure is one thing. So a student telling me about how they feel, telling me about an experience, telling me about something that's happened to them, um, where I draw the boundary is that I don't say, okay, then we're going to work on this for the next six months intensively and I'm going to see you every day and we're going to figure this all out because right? I can't do that because, you know, even right now during this interview, there's someone standing at my door who wants an ED, <laughs> right? For the mental health fair this afternoon, my phone could ring, Mr. Land could show up at my door and say, I need you in the office right away. So you can't really do the clinic, you can't do clinical work here. So um, disclosure is one thing. You know, and if someone says, you know, if someone comes in and says, you know, I want to kill myself now, then the procedure is we just take them to the hospital right away, right? And then they get assessed by a physician. Uh, another question is that um, usually when a normal person hears negative thoughts, they tend to get negative. How do you deal with these types of issues? Since all the talks that most of your patients, or I'll say most of them, will always talk about negative ideas or negative thoughts towards you. How do you deal or cope with this type of situation? Well, there, there are two different types of, you know, depression is a very broad term that defines lots of, that encompasses lots of different things. But there's sort of depression, which is sort of characterized by a chemical imbalance in the brain, where the body is just not producing the natural mood stabilizing uh, chemicals that would, that most people have. And so people's moods drop significantly. Those types of depressions, you know, need to be treated by some sort of medical uh, medication to reestablish the balance in the brain. Um, other types of uh, depression are, are kind of what I call thinking-based, right? Where the, the student or the individual has gotten trapped into a very negative thinking pattern, um, and that working on challenging that thinking pattern, recognizing that pattern first of all, and then challenging that thinking pattern um, through different types of therapy is, is, another, is another treatment. Sometimes that doesn't require medication, it just requires structured intensive therapy. Right, which I can't really do, again. So that would be something that would happen at the mental health teams or with a private counselor. Do you, so let's say that if a friend or a family member is having a hard time or just feeling kind of depressed, how would you help them in this case? Or would you let them, let's say that let's, um, you either help them or would you like want them to just cope for a bit and let them mm -hmm. deal with their own issue? I think when anybody expresses any kind of um, mental health concern, the important thing to do is to to validate how they feel. You can never say someone to, you can never say to someone, "No, you don't feel that way." Not wrong, and you should never say to someone, "No, you shouldn't feel that way." Um, people feel what they feel, um, and so I think that um, when someone's in that sort of a sorry, what was the question again? I've lost my train of thought. Uh, the question was that if you were, if you see a family member or oh, a friend right. of yours, yeah. so. 
when someone's dealing with a mental health issue, the one thing you should never say is just suck it up, right? So if someone's dealing, if someone is depressed, right, and someone is struggling to cope with things, part of the counseling strategy will be building resiliency, right? So we'll, we'll be building the, the, the resiliency within the, the individual to be able to overcome and to suck it up, right? But they can't do that unless you've done the part before that in which you're building that resiliency within them. Just telling someone that they need to change how they feel is never going to work and it's never effective and it just makes the situation worse. Okay, I see. So family member, colleague, friend, student, doesn't matter. The approach is always the same. Right? You want to be supportive, validate how the person's feeling, and try to encourage them to get the professional support that's going to be effective. I see. Uh, just a few more questions. Uh, one of them is actually, I'm just curious, like, what do you think that depression is in your definition? Like, what is, what's the meaning of it in your point of view? Um, it's a it's a state of being where your enjoyment of life is diminished, right? Um, so you know that can be a result of like you can have episodic depression in in the sense that you know you you're in a car accident and your wife dies, mm-hmm. that can lead to a period of depression, right? Because you're grieving, there's all kinds of emotions that are involved in that. Your your enjoyment of life is severely diminished, right? That you know, that period of depression can lift as you move through that grief process, start rebuilding your life in different ways, and then you can rediscover the pleasures of, of being alive. Other types of depression, as I said earlier, are really more chemical-based in that it, the person is not capable of producing the chemicals in their brain that are going to make actually make them feel enjoyment or pleasure. Right? Um, and so that's where they need to have the chemical, the medical intervention, so that they can have that chemical imbalance fixed so that they're able to enjoy things. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, another one is that like, we notice that in most cases when let's say love, love can be identified as a some way to either boost yourself or could diminish yourself mm-hmm. and in this case the question I'm asking you is that do you feel that depression could be used as a motivation in some cases well, what do you mean by motiv- a motivation to do what well let's say uh, you know that depression leads to for the person to feel vulnerable and also like feel unsatisfied to even work on this idea or progressive thoughts they're mm-hmm. trying to do. And we know that for those who were to solve their own depression, they get motivated to do better. Mm-hmm. So I'm just curious, like, do you feel that there might be a positive factor when it comes to depression? Well, I think it all depends on the outcome. Uh, you know, th- there is that expression, if something doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger. You know the people who have come, the people who have been able to come through a depressive episode or, or to work with their depression and get to the, their, their depression, get their depression to a place where they're able to function and and, and take enjoyment from life. Then yes, that going through that depressive episode or 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 being di- or having depression as a sort of chronic condition is going to be something that gives them wisdom and insight and uh, a depth that others might not who haven't had that same experience. Um, but I would never characterize it as a positive thing. Right? I see. You know, if a person is successful in, how, in the outcomes, then there may be some, like a silver lining, if you will. But I would never say it's something that's good that ever that <laughs> you'd want to have happen to okay. you. Um, one last question is that um, how would you help uh, people who are just feel depressed in either of these cases as the factors you 
previously stated beforehand. Mm. Like, what was what kind of advice would you give to these people who are listening to this podcast right now? I would say that if if you are worried about your mental health, right, whatever that looks like, is that society as a whole has become so much more effective at dealing with mental health issues. Um, the medical system is way more uh, educated about how to deal with medical uh, mental health issues and more sensitive as to the stigma around mental health. Um, you know, the analogy that I often use with someone when they're struggling with a mental health issue and they feel bad that they're not just, you know, just getting to class or just doing their homework or just doing whatever. And I say, well, if you'd been in a car accident or in a coma, would you feel bad about not getting to class? And they're like, no, because I'm in a coma. It's like, well, right. Depression is not a character issue. Anxiety is not about character Right? It's about it's a medical issue, just like cancer, diabetes, asthma, whatever. Right? It's a medical issue, and it needs to be treated like a medical issue without any stigma attached to it uh, around uh, it being a reflection of someone's personal character. So, so the thing I would say is that so don't worry about what people are going to think. Right? Just reach out for the help. If you were bleeding, you'd go to the hospital. Right? If you can't get out of bed because you're, you're depressed and you think you want to kill yourself, go to the hospital. <laughs> you're sick. Would you like to say anything more about this podcast or how you feel that? Like <laughs> that, that, you know, there's all there's lots of different things we can talk about, but that's that's I'm, I'm happy with what we've talked about so far. Okay, thank you very much for your time, Mr. Mr. Mark, and I, <laughs> I, I like to thank the audience for listening to this podcast. But anyways, thank my you pleasure. very much for your time and my pleasure. So after hearing my recording of Mark, what are your thoughts about it? Hmm, that's a lot of um. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess like. I'm glad that he's our counselor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad too. I'm gonna like put the ding every time he owns now. And then every time. And then like Just at the end have a counter of like how many times the yeah, it's like how many times But anyways, besides the point, uh, back to the main topic. Uh, like do you guys feel like Johnson's point of view is correct or Yes. He talks more about like the medical side of it, so not the psychological side. Well I mean Medical and psychological goes hand in hand sometimes, so like I guess it can be that as well. Yeah. And another time you mentioned like it's so much easier to get help nowadays. Like I have like for me going from me thinking I had it then getting diagnosed, it only took like it took like less than a year. And then I have a friend who did went through this process before me, and it took her like two three years just to get just to see like a doctor about it and even after that actually I had to go through several doctors because some of them are like oh but like it doesn't seem oh. like you have it when in reality like after like m- multiple tests and it's like she does because <laughs> yes. there's because like like this is a bit like kind of off topic but like for them like ADHD it shows up differently in girls than it does in boys so then a lot of girls get underdiagnosed, get, uh, girls are basically underdiagnosed because everyone's like, oh, you're fine. You're just like, you just got to work harder. Wait, what? Yeah. Because everyone, like, ADHD is like, we're not co-focusing, right? We're not, I mean, people are saying, oh, yeah, we're just lazy. We're not doing our work. When in reality, it's like, we can't do our work. And they're just like, you just got to work harder. And we're like, how can you? That's basically, just like saying suck it up for depression people. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> 
I mean, I agree that we do have, like, you know, like, medical stuff for it, but, like, at the same time, if the doctors can't diagnose it, and they're like, oh, it's whatever. No, but it's, like, it's actually just, like, they have to, like, do this, like, some doctors will really, like, I was lucky enough to get a pediatrician who, like, a female pediatrician who has worked with a lot of kids of ADHD who has a lot of colleagues of ADHD, so she was like, okay, yeah, I see this. So I was actually really lucky at that point. But then, like, some people still have, like, this mindset of, oh, ADHD's, you're jumping off the walls. When in reality, you can, that's just if you have the hyperactivity. When for, like, some people, it's just like, oh, it was more like the inattention. Mm-hmm. Right? So then, like, the person I feel like is kind of the same thing. There's different ways it shows up, and some people um, get diagnosed, some people don't. Yeah, and then, like, what I was going to say. <laughs> It's alright. Oh yeah, R- language of what they use, like, yeah, like, don't tell someone to just suck it up. Yeah. Cause that's just gonna make them feel so much worse. Yeah, like, it's, yeah, it's the same thing for depression. It's like, you can't just tell somebody one sentence and they'll be alright. Like, you have to, like, they'll have to work on it. Not work as in, like, work harder, that kind of stuff. They have to, like, resolve this in the, like, in a way that they'll feel happy that they, like, they feel proud that they stopped it. And not, like, just telling them that. And then they'll be like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely going to be okay the next day and not kill myself or something. So. Like, yeah. You guys, you, both of you guys have a good point of view. It's, like, for me, I, too, feel that. After hearing your case that telling them, oh, you have to work harder. Like, I found that. This horrible, it's a horrible thing to hear. Yeah. But, in any case, um... I'll be going to another interview with a psychologist, and if you guys mind with the recording, uh, I'll show it to you guys in a few seconds. So, uh, do you mind telling me about your occupation? I am a teacher at a high school, and I've been teaching 40 years. And what, what kind of courses have you been teaching at the school? Um, psychology, both at a grade 11 level and IB psychology, I grade see. 11s and 12s. Uh, what got you into psychology? I did it at university, and then I went into education, and I created a locally developed course, and it's grown. I see. How long have you been teaching psychology for, in this case? 26 years. 26 years. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Out of the 40. Years. I'm sorry for wasting some of your time, but I'm going to be asking you some questions regarding about the mind of uh, just high school students in general mm-hmm. and the topic I want to ask you about is about depression so mm-hmm. before I ask you these type of questions I need to know like what do you f- how do you feel about depression in your point of view I think everybody at some point in their life is going to have some down points but depression is quite different um, it's more long-lasting and it's a struggle I see like when you when you view depression, is it really frequent for students at high schools or any type of school in general? Yes, I think there's a lot of students that are feeling depression, but whether they come out and talk about it or the counselors do, but I think it is fairly common. Yes. Do you feel that depression could be used as a motivation if someone like really like so like so feels really sad? No. No. I don't think it could be a motivator. It's it's something they need help to get through. I see. How do you, as your previous experience of psychology and also the mind of human beings, um, what are the common symptoms of depression when you usually see in your daily life or experience? 
There'll be a change in behavior, but it's not characteristic. You can't just say someone looks sad. It could be someone that looks very happy, that leaves the class and is struggling inside. It's not a type of person. So either they're very good at hiding it, um, they may find their attention slightly change, their attendance maybe changes. But yeah, it's not a type of person. Sometimes I'm shocked when I hear that a student has been diagnosed with depression because they seem so upbeat. And that's the, the kind of myth about it. There isn't, they're just hiding it. They found a way to hide it. A personal question is that, um, in your personal life, have you encountered anyone who's like felt really depressed? And in what way have you helped them or found alternative ways to help them? Sure, lots of people. Um, mainly getting professional help. Um, could be initially some sort of medication, but usually they need counseling so that they're changing their perspective. Uh, definitely medication helps initially and in finding the right medication, and then gradually with the cognitive strategies they can stop the medication. They need professional help for sure, and everyone is different. What are the stages of depression that you notice when you encounter st students or anyone that you f anyone you know? Everyone's different. Everyone's different. Everyone's different. It can come on really strong right away. It can be progressive. Each one is different. Yeah. I see. Another thing I want to ask is about is that if you if you notice that someone in your family or a friend is really depressed or felt in despair, how would you help them? As you, I noticed that you mentioned before that you, drugs, um, medicine, or anything. Well, no, I'm saying they no. need professional help. So I would no, get them, that. if they agreed, that they would go to their GP and then, um, and sometimes when the first person they go to, I'm not really there. I'm there to support them. I can't make them go, but I would definitely try to put them in contact with people that can help. I see. Another thing I want to ask is that since you've been teaching at school for 26 years, was it? Yeah, maybe more. Maybe yeah. more. Yeah. About that. If since you were teaching psychology, do you feel that anyone in this in, in your classroom that feels really motivated to learn about this yes, type of definitely, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they'll come and talk to me? But I'm not trained to give them therapy. I talk about going to see your GP, going to see someone, going to see the counselor. Yeah. I see. Last question is that <clears throat> your your previous experience is I wish you know like if let's say if I was trying to help someone who is really depressed and I know them really well what what would you recommend me to do? Well, again, you can't make them go, but to get help, um, keep an eye on them. Yeah, I definitely would keep in touch because that's usually when they're down is when they're alone. So, but again, it's, you've got to let each person find the point where they are ready to go and get help. It's being there. It's just supporting them in those little things, a phone call, a visit, that sort of thing. I see. Well, thank you very much for your time. You're very welcome. So, how do you guys feel about me um, interviewing the teacher? A lot of, like, different facts, but, like, she did come from a more, I feel like her point of view was like a more like professional with her own opinion kind of so uh, yeah it was interesting how about you 
Um, yeah, it was, it was interesting. Um, honestly, I thought, like, because she did have psychology, but I realized, yeah, she's technically not trained to give therapy, so I was, like, thinking... Yeah, I know, like, she's only there to teach us, like, the mindset yeah. of how we think. It's... I feel like it's true in this case where everyone else we see is happy, but possibly could be depressed in this case. Yeah, I mean, everybody has a mask. That's yeah. for sure. We all have this mask, and I mean, from what I learned, it's basically called a persona. <laughs> but like, yeah, it's basically you put on that mask, and it's just like you're not yourself. Basically, you put on a mask because you want to be what other help other people see it. So, like, if you're having depression, it's, like, it's either obvious or, like, you put on that mask and nobody can tell, as like, that you have it at all. Yeah, yeah, and depending on, like, how long you've had a thing, putting on the mask becomes, like, you don't think, it's, like, subconscious, like, you don't even think about it and you immediately pretend, like, like you said, because, like, in our society, usually when someone asks you, are you okay, you, you're, you automatically say, I'm fine. And then I feel like that kind of, affects how we go through life because then we're always like oh we gotta hide if we're struggling and we have to deal with these things ourselves so then what I've discovered is a lot of us who's been through a lot of like, these mental health issues have become very good at hiding it that even like we don't realize that we're doing it so yeah like literally anyone could be affected by it. Mm. Yeah, because like the most obvious reason why we're hiding it in the first place because well, first of all, it's like we're scared that like we might not get a response, or like people won't pay attention, or they're like, "Oh, it's a waste of my time." And if we try to do it, and that's what we actually get, then it's just gonna make it worse. But then, like for that, is like sometimes like even if we do have something that's really close that we sometimes talk about these things, when you're in that point in life, you're kind of like, I don't you don't want to talk to them because you're like what if I'm just because you get all these insecurities like what if I'm just bothering them maybe they'll get a, like they get tired of me and then like stop being impressed so you, you kind of just hide it no matter what who it is it's like your biggest enemy in depression is yourself honestly yeah because the more you think negatively the worse it gets like let me just ask you guys personally do you, do you guys like also like I too have a mask as well like just every do you guys usually well, I can't say that, it's just, um, like, do you guys, like, express yourself truly to your friends, or you still have hide behind the mask? No, I definitely, I definitely hide behind, because I kind of realized, like, recently, is that depending on which, like, who I'm talking to, and, like, which group of friends I'm talking to, I will act differently, I will mention different things, that we talk, and talk about different things, and so it's kind of like, yeah, I am putting on a mask to kind of, I guess, make myself similar to whoever I'm talking so it's like, oh, we are related, we, we can relate and all that. How about you? I'll have a mask, depending on who we talk to, like, doesn't matter if it's, like, your friends, teachers, parent, even, like, different friends, really. Like, if you have, like, friends in school, you'll definitely act differently than, like, your friends outside of school. Maybe not, like, it really depends. But, it's just um, that always has that different type of persona, like, we always just act differently depending on the area we are in, right? Yeah, like, as for me, though, like, there's sometimes that I just completely throw my mask away and just spill it out. Like you're because like, I completely trust that person, whoever it so is. So, in this case, you're, like, a lot more truthful in this point, right? But it's, but it's really specific. Because, like, for everybody to, you know, tell how they feel. And it's just, 
it's really hard to spell that as well because you don't know you still completely trust them even though you do. And I also think it's like when you said it also depends like kind of like the environment and like who is there because like I kind of realized when we're like I'm definitely more open with certain groups of friends because of like like for example like I've said I've, I beca- I'm like a little more open with people I skate with because for me skating has been something like at the sport if it has become something like oh a time for me to like release relax like not think about what happened at school and then the time to like just like reset so then because of that and also just like the environment of like what the club is like is like where i'm more comfortable with those people so i discovered i am i do become i am a little more open but anyways i'm just wondering though like how long have you been skating um i joined the club i'm currently at three years ago and that's kind of when i really started training but I did like a, a couple, a few years before that. I did do two years of like when I started from like the very beginning, like learning how to skate up to um, when I was about to enter like the tr- the figure skating like training program for skating. Uh, another thing I actually want to talk about for you guys is that like like since all of us do suffer from depression as well, like we always have something to distract us. Like, what is the one thing that you just feel you feel comfortable with and you just immediately just focus on that one thing? Like, how about you, Hanwon? That's... Like, do you have anything that can just distract you or not even think about depression in general? That's a really good question because, um, honestly, I, I don't know. Because well, whenever I think, like, about negative thoughts, it just goes over and over. And, like, even if I try to distract myself, like, let's say playing video games. Like, that's an example. Yeah. Like, I'll try to distract myself by, by playing video games. But, like, I'm playing a game that, like, you win or you lose. And if I have that negative thought just nagging on me, even I'm trying to get it distracted away, and then I lose, it just mulls over and over. It's, I, I don't know. I try to get away from those, like, oh, I'm going to eat or like, I'm going to, like, sleep more or something. And honestly, it's really hard to find a distraction yeah. for me. Yeah, and also, I think it just depends on, like, where you Because, like, for me, I discover is doing like physical activities help and I think that's also something about like brain chemistry because I know that when you're exercised your brain does release like, the ke- like dopamine or something to make you ha- kind of happier yeah. so then like what I found recently is like doing a lot of, like doing sports like skating helps a lot because I actually like discovered like if I had a really bad day at school and I go to skating I actually skate really well because I'm like I'm literally just trying to release all the tension and stress from the day and then like if I'm home I'm like oh I w- if I'm like doing homework or like whatever and then start getting into it I try to go I like I do some I like stretch or like maybe like jump rope or I like play piano like for me I too it's like whenever I get mad or upset usually I well I just avoid depression usually I either talk to my friends about my, my personal feelings or I usually just go out for like a long run and possibly check just pretty much just play some games but I just feel like I like Henwick you mentioned that even though you're playing game you still have that negative thought coming in right after I hear everything I just feel like I'm doing nothing that's like <laughs> useful anymore oh okay like everyone's it's different really like different. like if you like if you remember from um, Michael's uh, recording he mentioned that if you like just make yourself a goal like that goal will actually let you pursue your dreams or objective in this case and avoid being depressed because like when we work on something and we focus let's say we are focusing on academics we're so focused into it that we don't pay attention to time and as you know that i noticed that uh, i did some research earlier apparently that most high school students that have a lot of free time tend to think about stupid stuff 
like I can't really say much about it. Like for example, it's like one's like, oh, I'm doing so bad. How come I can do better? And this and that. They just mope around. Oh, okay. Yeah, I kind of realized that because what happened to me was like grade eight for, for high school was that in like for example like grade eight, grade nine, I was I did a lot of extracurriculars. I had um I don't know if it's, I don't I have I didn't I didn't do skiing. Then I did I did pottery. I did piano, and I did like. A bunch of other like I did a lot of art, art classes and I, I think I was I forgot I, I remember I did something else but I had like I did so many extracurriculars that usually what happens is that I do extracurriculars go home do homework is that like, I had like no like spare time like guess that seems kind of bad because then like basically I didn't really have social life because I was like kind of just doing extracurriculars and work but in, the, in grade ten what happened was I got into I did the uh, pre-IB program, prelude program here, and then my parents were like, okay, you're, you're going into more rich program, why don't you relax, relax your extra feelings a bit so you have more time to do homework. But what I found then was I was only doing like one or two extracurriculars, is that I had so much time that I, I was like, oh yeah, I have time, I don't, I don't have to do this homework yet. Like, oh yeah, I have time to do this. Yeah, it's just and that then, mindset that... And you just kind of like, oh yeah, I have so much time, you get this mindset like, oh yeah, I have so much time, I don't have to rush this. Then that's when I started kind of like falling behind, and then so then like grade eleven, twelve, I was like, okay, I realized like I need a ba- like you need to find a balance. So then I kind of make sure I have enough extracurriculars that I am busy, but enough, but I still have enough time to like do homework. So after hearing all like your two opinions, it's just Adam's morning. So like, how do you guys feel overall about this idea about depression, and how would you motivate or I guess encourage others to? avoid this type of topic well i don't think people should avoid it it definitely has to be talked about more because there is a stigma around it and some people and then people think like oh if i have depression it means i'm sick i'm sick like yes i guess in a way you're sick but people have such a negative um thought about like the stigma that they're kind of like oh i don't they keep thinking like i don't want to have this so i feel like it does it has people should avoid it and people with depression shouldn't be avoiding their problems you should never avoid your problems. You kind of like how it affects people and how... I don't want to say... I kind of want to say like how similar it is to a lot of other mental health problems because a lot... I feel like a lot of mental health problems like, like I said, like a lot... There's like a stigma around it. People don't talk about it so people kind of hide it which really isn't something that should happen and then... And I guess just like... Yeah, if you think you have depression, get help. Like ask for help. Like, if people, like, find someone that, like, cares about you, like, if you have close friends, close friends family siblings, means, yeah. family, your counselor, like, you're not going to be a bother. People are do want to help you. Like, we're here for them. Yeah, like, case. if you need help, ask. Because, like, I've been there where I was kind of like, I don't have anyone to talk, I don't want to talk to anyone, I don't want, like, maybe I'm just being bothered, but then, like, afterwards, I would, like, talk to them, and I'll kind of mention that, people like, well, you could have just talked to me, like, so a lot of it is just try not to stay in your head. Yeah, it's like I try not to hold in all the emotions. Yeah, sorry about that. Like, like your point of view is I know it's pretty much like the idea of like you're putting poison into the well idea. Like you don't want to store it up inside you. Like you should at least just express it to someone you yeah. care. Because for all like we've all been there. Like I told you about story about my grade six self where I was really depressed, trying to be like a badass or a yeah. bad boy in this case, <laughs> but. I, I did feel pain and thankfully after my grade 7 year I truthfully talked to my counselor, talked to the principal etc and I got help out 
like because of that I became like this like I don't feel negative I feel more different like I want to help more people like you um yeah well the, probably the first thing is get professional help you have like you have your friends and family and stuff but like they're there to support you but they can't really like help you in a way that cures your depression so you will definitely need like professional and yeah just just spill it like don't hold it in because when you miss that chance you will regret it that's a huge thing that I've learned in the past where like if like I could have talked to that person and then like I didn't say anything or say yeah I'm completely fine it, it, there's nothing and then they leave and then my head just goes crazy saying that like I could have said it why haven't I said it it's like really stupid and stuff like that so just say it it's, it's hard but just say it and the benefits will have well, there will be way more benefits and just, if not yeah. then there'll be way too much detriments for those who are listening to this podcast, I would highly recommend you to express your emotions, who you can trust or love, and hopefully, no, not hopefully, they will help you regardless, and truthfully, if you were to hold it in, as my partner mentioned before, you will regret it, and regrets are something you do not want to keep for the future. You wish to have a life without regrets. If you live without regrets, then you will have the most amazing time of your life. My name is Darian Lee, and my partner, Henwen Huang, and this is the end of Strolling in the Dark. Thank you for listening. Hi, this is Darian. Thank you so much for your time for listening to our podcast. I would like to thank my partner, Henry Fong, for putting a lot of effort into this podcast and creating the soundtrack for it. I would also like to thank Michael, Mark, and my guests, and a psychology teacher for their time and insight about depression. The sources we use for this podcast are Audacity, Fly.io, and Soundtrap. Without these, this podcast couldn't have happened without them. We thank you for your time and hope to see you for our next podcast.